Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hi, James. Hey, Scott. Here we are again. Here we are again. Doing what we love. That's right. Answering listener questions. Yeah, we love them. Keep them coming. We got a listener question. Let's just jump right into it. Do it. Hello. Hello. Hi. I listen to the Money Guy podcast and I have a listener question I'd love for you to answer. I'm about to come into a decent sum of money from selling a rental property. I'm 30 years old. I invest 22% in my 401k that has a balance of about 45000 currently. My plan was to invest this money in a total market index fund and an international index fund. Is this my best option? I also have a house that I owe about 215000 on. Thank you in advance. All right. Well, thank you for the question. Yeah. And th- thanks for listening to the Money Guy podcast. Those guys are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be. Well, let's address this. And, and some of this we'll get specific on. Some we'll get general on. Some we'll get, it depends on. Yeah. Theme it, here. Al- it always depends. It always depends. But let's start with this. So whether you are selling a rental property like this listener is, or whether you're receiving an inheritance or whether you're receiving a windfall for whatever reason, Let's go through the framework that you want to approach. What do you do with that money when you receive it? Let's definitely go through that. But first, can we just give a shout out to this 30-year-old who's saving 22% of his income? To his Absolutely. Okay. Shout out to you. Yeah. Like it by doing, I, I've always framed, I've kind of framed it with clients as, you know, if you can always save 10% of your income, you'll eventually be able to retire. Mm-hmm. Kind of, it becomes inevitable, but it takes a while. If you can save 22%, like it's just a matter of time. And you're and doing awesome. Really quickly. Yeah. yeah. This is one of those examples, you know, people in their <laughs> in their fifties or sixties or later, they're oh always if I knew when I was thirty what I knew now, this is what I would do. Well it yeah. sounds like what this listener is doing exactly what he, his future self would tell him to do. Yeah. So shout age. out to you. Like so good great good job. Kudos to you. But yeah, let's think through okay, so a sale of a property is happening. Let's walk through the the things that they should we should be thinking about. Yeah. And probably I think the first thing you might want to think through is just the tax issues. Sure. So if you're selling a rental property, uh, if there was a gain in that, so the property appreciated, that gain could be attributed to that. The gain could be from what's called depreciation recapture. So if you were depreciating this, that lowers the cost basis. Um, there could be a number of reasons that there's a gain on that. And so yep. the first thing is when you come into that money, set aside any amount that will be owed for taxes. Mm-hmm. And that amount is going to be a com- combination of it could be federal taxes, state taxes, net investment income taxes. So mm-hmm. there's a few things you need to look at. So right off the bat, we don't know your income. We don't know what the amount of the gain was. But the first thing you always want to, want to know want to know what to do is, is how much of those proceeds are actually available to do something with and how much are simply going to need to be used to pay taxes. Exactly. And along that line of, of thought as well would be if, if you had any years when you were running I'm assuming that you're not a, a, a real estate in the real estate profession. So if you were running any losses at any point in time during this as well, um, you'll be able to recoup those losses in the sale to offset those taxes that you would owe. So make sure that you're, if you've switched accountants along the way or anything like that, make sure that you fully understand the scope of all of the years 
of income for this property before you go and sell. Yeah. And we start with that because when you come into money, whether it's from real estate or inheritance or whatever, the first thing that you want to know is what short-term needs are you going to have? And the taxes are a big short-term need when you sell an investment like this. From there, look at other short-term needs. Is there a big expense coming up? Uh, Is there anything else that you need to earmark money for? Whether it's, I don't know, are you purchasing another home? Are you uh, looking to take a trip? Are there other expenses you need to pay off? Just what immediate need might you have for the remaining portion? And I would think about setting aside funds for those as well. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. From there, look at debts is the first thing I would consider. Not saying it's the best thing to do necessarily, but I would certainly consider this. Do you have any outstanding credit card debt? Do you have any debt that has high interest rates? Well, if you do, it might not make sense to invest with the goal of trying to get eight, nine, 10% over time, an uncertain rate of return, when you could pay off a credit card that you're paying a certain 18%, 20% interest rate on. So look at your debts, whether it's student loans, whether it's credit cards, whether it's car loans, anything. And we we talked about this in another episode, but itemize your debts. What are you paying? Who do you owe? What are the interest rates? And see if it makes sense to knock any of those out before moving any further with the balance. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we, we were cheering this guy on because he's saving 22% to his 401k. But if you're doing that and getting into credit card debt, uh, we're going to have a talking to you quickly. I doubt that's the case, but it's a great point to bring up. Yeah. Um, go ahead and look at those debts and see if there are ones that you should knock down. Yeah. Awesome. So let's assume, uh, let's, let's assume he's done that. Let's assume he set aside money for taxes. He has set aside money for any short term expense and he's paid off. If there were any debts, let's assume those are paid off. What might be considered next? What would be the next best option to look at? Yeah. So where, where do you want to take it first? What do you think? Well, I think the next thing you look at is, and I might add emergency fund in there too. You know, do you need to beef up an emergency fund? Maybe use some of these funds there. Mm-hmm. But then you start looking at investing. And this mm-hmm. is where it comes down to what what is it that you're planning and investing for? Is it financial independence that you're investing for? Are you saving for child's college? Are you saving for another home purchase? This is where you start to think about what is it that those funds represent in the future? Like, what are you trying to do with them? Yeah. And that should help to drive your investment strategy. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the big picture of the values of what you're driving towards, where you can put your time, money, energy, and talent should definitely drive what you should do next with your funds. You know, one of the things that I'm thinking about that's not in this question is you mentioned selling a rental property. Um, but one of the things that if we would look at, if if you were in front of me as a client would be... Um, why are we selling this rental property? And then what do we want to do with the proceeds? Because one of the things we can often do with properties, if we want to stay in rental properties, is we could potentially look to do what's called a 1031 exchange, which basically means the taxes that are coming due and all of those issues can get um, moved over, shifted over to a new property um, and, and allow everything to grow over there as well. Now, there's a lot of caveats there for that, but I just wanted to bring it up that it is something that you could be thinking about if it makes sense, but it always comes back to the point that James was making, like, what are we going to do with this money? He mentions the, the, uh, listener mentions putting it in a total stock market index and an international index, which could be wonderful places to go. But the question is, what is this money for ultimately? What are you trying to build? And from that, you should figure out, is this the appropriate place? Yeah, completely. If that if this money is because you want to start your own business 12 months from now and you That's got a business a plan and all this, idea. <laughs> do not invest it in that. <laughs> not Those... starting the business, but investing in total stock <laughs> yeah, market. Starting a business could be a good idea. Want this money in 12 months. Yeah. Yes, that, that could be a great long-term allocation, but it could be a terrible short-term allocation. Right. 
maybe it is long-term money, but maybe you just, you get so uncomfortable by market ups and downs. Well, even then that could be a technically a good allocation, but still wildly inappropriate for you. Right. So if you want to understand how do you think about creating an investment portfolio, we just did a little bit of an investment series a little while back. It's episode 71, 72, and 73. Mm -hmm. Go through those and we outline the foundation of where do you start from when coming up with an investment plan. But it's tough to say without, again, sitting in front of this listener and understanding the values and goals that he's investing for, as well as comfort level with different t- different options for addressing yeah. those. Yeah. And like he m- mentions that he has 215k on his on his house relative to what market price we don't know, right? So like does he want to be debt free and not have to worry about money anymore from that standpoint does that make him feel more secure? That could be a good place to go put the money from a a pay- from looking at like the numbers standpoint with interest rates as low as they are right now, you could potentially refinance a house down into as low. I've seen as low as like two and a half percent. So not necessarily the best place to go put money to work, but you can do it if it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. And then it's just looking at like the thing that is interesting here that he's mentioned, because we don't have a dollar amount for what's going to come. Right. But, but it's like, well, now that the money's here, it can show up on your balance sheet and you can invest it appropriately based on the goals that you have, but also be mindful about the fact that you can potentially use that money and shift it around on your balance sheet to be more tax advantaged in the future. Right. Right. And so what I mean by that is maybe all the money comes in and it's sitting in your your taxable account at first, but you have the ability to now do maybe back to a Roth conversions each year because you don't need this money and it's to grow for your future. Well, lovely. Like if you don't have the extra cash flow to support doing that through your payroll at work, you can start using funds in your taxable account to shift it over into a non-deductible IRA and then convert it over thereafter each year, right? Mm -hmm. To start shifting it around on your balance sheet and getting it to work for you. Yeah. And, And, you know, one of the things that comes to mind first is, well, do you increase your 401k contributions? But you're already doing 22% to your 401k. I'm guessing you're maxing that out. I don't know if that's maxed or if it's close, but let's assume that it is maxed out for a second. We had another episode called what tax efficient investment strategies exist after I max my 401k. So let's assume that you listen to episode 71, 72, and 73. So you see exactly what the best investment option or plan is for you. And you come up with that. Well, the next question is, where do you implement that? Is it in a 401k? Is it in a Roth IRA? Is it in just a standard brokerage account? Uh, that's where episode 60 can come into play. I've talked about what options exist. And, and the options, it's going to be a balance between what's more important to you, between tax benefits, between flexibility, between timing of when you can access that money. So that's where it really comes down to what are you trying to do with this money long term that should drive how you invest and where you invest it. I'm really glad you brought that up because I think sometimes we speak so often to like do the 401k first, get the match, do the HSA. We always talk about ways to like be tax efficient, um, but there's something to be said for flexibility as yeah. well, right? There's something to be said for having like money over on the sideline that you can go use at any time. So I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think really good question. I think fairly straightforward guidance. A lot of the guidance, of course, is it depends, but here's kind of the framework to it's always it answer that. Yes. Is there anything else <laughs> that you would add to this? Uh, no, I mean, we've because we've already kind of hit upon it in those episodes before, but it's, you know, the other thing that I, that I think about when this person gave the answer, they kind of are asking for going on 100% equities. And so I would just be, I would want to know where is your kind of your insurance policy for life, which we've talked about as an emergency fund before an emergency plan. 
so that if this were to, you know, fall by 50%, which it could easily do, mm-hmm. right, would you be okay? Right. Like, make sure that you have the everything, the foundation laid for you to allow this money to go grow and you don't have to touch it. Yes. If that's what the goal is, which it kind of reads that that's what the goal is, but we just have to guess. We don't actually know. Yes. And that's why we talk about starting with the end in mind. What is it you're trying to create? Understanding what the perfect outcome looks like. Then you can back into the perfect answer to what do you do with this? But I hope that was helpful. Keep up the good work. You seem like you're doing a great job already. Yes. Keep doing it. And if you like listening to this listener question, send in your own. We love them. Uh, it, it, we love getting to help you guys by, by, by getting these perspectives and these different frameworks. It helps to share with other people, get insights into things that we don't otherwise necessarily give when we're just speaking to those questions specifically. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, realpersonalfinance.co, go there and you can submit your own question. If you have feedback on the format of the show, I'd love to see other ways of portraying this information or other perspectives. Let us know too. This shows to, of course, benefit listeners. So we're getting great questions and good feedback and we ask that you keep it coming. It's helpful to us so we can be more helpful to you. I honest, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we, we literally do this show with, like, we have... We, we do this show in a way to, it's, it's in my mind, we show up when we do this. My thought is we get to give back. And so the more you tell us what you need, the more we can help you. Yes. Yeah. And if you did like this show, please leave a five-star review on iTunes. It's not, again, not for us. It is to give back so that other people can find us and they can learn. Yes. Let Apple or Google know that you like the show. So they put the show in front of more people. Yes. More people can get it. So awesome. Well, thank you for listening. And I think by the time this releases, it might be the new year. So well, if, if it, it is, is, happy new year happy to new you year. all. If not, happy almost new year. And we'll see you all soon. Woo-hoo. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.